Geek Vibes Nation, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. Man, I love that song. I will never not love that song. I went back, uh, Jawan, and watched um, the game one of the 2001 NBA Finals uh, where Allen Iverson stepped over uh, uh, to Ron Liu. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. And, like, I'm, like, sitting there watching it, and, like, every time it was, like, cuts the commercial, it's, like, duh, 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 duh. I'm, like, yes. <laughs> it's, like, my childhood, man. Um, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm really excited to talk basketball, man. So much to talk about. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and to take a take a slight break away from uh, from Star Wars and whether it was like you know a great <laughs> movie or the worst fucking Star Wars movie of all time, um, exactly. Uh, you know, or or you know maybe just something in between, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, let, let's jump into it. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll be joined by Joel um, in just a little uh, bit of time, but. Uh, for the time being, let's go ahead and jump into it. Speaking of the 2001 NBA Finals, uh, a legend won his first ring uh, in that series, uh, Kobe Bryant, of course. Um, and so the L.A. Lakers have retired both of Kobe Bryant's jerseys, number 8 and number 24. Um, got a few little questions. just kind of want to talk like Kobe in general. Um what was your favorite uh, Kobe Bryant moment, Jorn? Um, all right. So <clears throat> most people probably don't know this, but I am a Knicks fan. But I did grow up uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, one person that I watched a lot because I was huge into soccer uh, was Steve Nash. Uh, so I just really enjoyed watching the Phoenix Suns. And um, I just remember – one moment of Kobe's that was always one of my favorite moments ever. Uh, I believe it was the Western Conference Finals. I could be wrong. It could have been like the second round. Um, the Lakers were playing the Phoenix Suns. And I was like, yeah, this could be the year Phoenix Suns make it to the finals. Finally, um, and, you know, getting asked that ring, I remember Kobe hit this insane it was either a game, like uh, a shot to put the game away. It wasn't like a game-winning shot. It was just one of those emphatic Kobe shots from, like, from like Africa that he hits, and it just drains <laughs> the other team. Uh, but what I remember about that wasn't the shot that he took that was just, like, so crazy. It was the fact that Kobe went over to Alvin – I believe it was Alvin Gentry at the time, uh, who was coaching the Suns. Um, he went over to him, and he slapped him on his butt <laughs> – <laughs> and then the coach slapped Kobe back like, yeah, you're the greatest. <laughs> and then Kobe walked to his bench. That was possibly one of my all-time favorite Kobe moments because it was one of those things where it was like, when you're so great, the other team has no, like, can't do anything else but acknowledge how great you are. And it was just funny right. to see the coaches kind of go, yeah, you got me, man. <laughs> so that was definitely one yeah. of my all-time favorite Kobe moments. Well, and and I, I like I love that you brought up that moment because I mean you're you're so right. And the thing is with Kobe, like I don't feel like there are that many people who like actually like Kobe Bryant. Like you just respect the man. Like yeah. <laughs> he was he was just I mean he was just a pit bull man. Like he, he was he, he had crafted his game after Michael Jordan and. I mean, he just, he just was, he was like, 
he was like Michael 2.0. And there, there's then we still don't have another player who who fits that bill. Like, uh, I mean, not at least not anybody who, who's playing at that kind of level right now. Like, I think the only person who maybe has a shot is Devin Booker, but like, but most people like probably Wait, not. Hold on. Um, you said being like Kobe or being like Jordan. Well, Kobe crafted his game after Jordan, and so now people craft oh, their game okay. after Kobe. So it's like you know. Um, it, it, I would say it, it's the same is the it's, thing right now. Yeah, I, yeah, you could. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, I was just thinking more of a, you know, of a traditional two guard too. You know, because oh, okay. um, Kyrie's obviously more of a point. Um, but he's a he's a tenacious scorer. Um, so like I think that's probably what's what's more important. But like then again, so is Devin Booker. I mean, he put up seventy. Um, he just needs a good team around him because he doesn't have shit to work with. But um, but nevertheless, uh, I mean, there's just not – we haven't seen that come along since then. Um, and uh, essentially, like, that's – my point is just that he was he was feared, he was admired. Um, like, people just have this immense amount of respect for Kobe Bryant because of his game, uh, because of just – the, the fierceness that he brought onto the court. Um, and just, it's, it's something that's very rare. That's just very, very rare that you get that. Um, and the dude's just like so smart. He's like highly intelligent, uh, basketball player. Um, so when you get like the combination of all of those things and you got the skill to go with it, um, it's just crazy. It's, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you would think would be once in a lifetime, and then, like, right as as MJ retired, like, two years later, Kobe's, like, taking up that mantle. Um, so, like, I mean, it really is it really is crazy just how admired he is around the league. Um, I mean, my favorite Kobe moment, you could say I'm, like, still kind of living in the moment, but, like, just watching him put up 60 to close out his career and win the game, like, it just – it was just one of those things, like, I, like, I don't really like Kobe Bryant – um, never really have. I mean, I, th- I think I had a poster of him when I was like a kid because I had like the Kobe Bryant basketball game. Do you remember that NBA courtside featuring Kobe Bryant? Um, yes, I N64 do. game. Yeah, man, that was yes, that was like pre pre like uh, 2K and like NBA Live was already a thing, but it never like NBA Live had never really been that good. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just speaking truth. Like, NHL Live was pretty damn good, but NBA Live never really was. Um, And so, like, it was like that was the game when I was growing up. Um, And uh, so, like, I, I, you know, I had, like, but I was an Iverson fan, so naturally I didn't, like, Iverson was my guy. So, you know, I didn't didn't really gravitate to Kobe. Like, I liked Iverson and I liked T-Mac. Like, those were my two um, from that era. so, so I never really liked him, but like to see him finish out his, his to play his final game, post up sixty, get the W, like just what a way for the guy to close out his career. It was something special, um, and I remember to like flipping back and forth between that game and the Warriors game because they were trying to win seventy three games, and it was. Even though winning 73 games is so much more of a monumental moment, it didn't matter. Like, I was still way more enraptured with Kobe 
uh, playing his last game. Like, and so that says something, you know, that's like, if you, if you have something like that at the like same exact time, so it's not like you're on a, a different emotional level or anything else. Like you're literally watching those things happen at the same exact time. And you're way more enraptured with, with Kobe um, trying to win his last game and just playing like the Kobe of old. Um, that, that really spoke to me. It really said something to me, um, you know, and of course, I mean, it posts in 81, I mean that's just <laughs> that's yeah. just crazy. That's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it really is. I mean poor poor Jalen Rose, man. Um, by the way, did you see Jalen Rose's? Um, his uh, it, they set it up like they were going to do a bunch of episodes, but then they only did like one episode. Um, but his little Which it sitcom, was great. it was terrific, yeah. and like. Where the the waiter's like, how many olives would you like, sir? And he's eighty one. <laughs> oh, <So> good. <laughs> he's like, yeah, are you being serious? Now I'm just playing too. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I I I thought it was great. My only my only like gripe with it was that they had brought in somebody else to play Jacoby, and I was like, is he like, is he that bad of an actor? Like, why can't he just play himself? Like, if you can't play yourself, bro, like, come on. <laughs> Like, I, uh, so yeah, well, that, that I, I wasn't, that was, that w- I think that was more, uh, contractually, like, I think Jacoby wanted to get paid for that, and they were looking for him to do it, because him and Jalen are friends, and I, yeah. I think it came down to, he was like, yeah, no, we are, but I still kind of want to get paid for that, <laughs> so I think that's well, kind of why they went then with, that's, uh, I think Jacoby. Then that's stupid on ESPN's part, because they still had to, I'm sure they still had to pay the other guy. Like, you know, like... Right, um, but not nearly as much. Yeah, well, then they're both stupid. It seems like an agreement should have been reached. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, nevertheless, that was that was good. Bring it back, uh, Jalen Rose. Come on. Give the people what they want. <laughs> um, but anyway, Kobe, legend, uh... So, so yeah, some of the best Kobe moments. Um, moving on, which which Kobe did you prefer, eight or twenty-four? See, I never understood that. Um, obviously, they're the same person, obviously, but I never understood that because, to me, excuse me, both of those like the Kobe as as a whole, it all blends to me. Like there there isn't a specific moment of eight that I prefer over twenty-four. Um, but seeing that young, hungry Kobe with the number eight always resonates with me. The biggest reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, I gravitate if I had to pick towards eight Kobe was because I was born in 93. So I always tell people, I just don't remember much of the Michael Jordan era. I just don't. I, I see it. You know, I hear people talk about it all the time. I see the re, uh, the repeats on NBA TV, but I just wasn't like, old enough to know the Jordan era. So that's yeah. why Kobe, to me, is, like, excuse me, I'm sorry, is, like, lives and breathes what everyone uh, hyped Jordan to be. That's how I felt Kobe was. Uh, so every time I, I watch him, everyone always says Jordan was this killer. Jordan was this, you know, this assassin. He went out there and, and, and went for your jugular. That's what I always felt as though Kobe was especially hearing uh, Kobe talk about his method behind being able to guard uh, Allen Iverson 
in the finals that year, I was just like, yo, this guy is the ultimate competitor. Like, he, he doesn't want to just beat you. He wants to beat Wait, was you that the whole shark and thing? embarrass you. Yeah, that was the whole shark thing. He was watching videos that's about a, how, like, sharks would hunt and stuff like that. Eating. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. just weird as hell. <laughs> yeah. And then, wait, I thought, because I always thought when he, you know, uh, when he said that, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that that's full of crap. But then when they were, uh, you know, showing Kobe's career or whatever, they they had on one side where he was talking about what he learned from, from watching that, and then they showed how he implemented it. So I, I watched. You know, you could see how he was able to kind not stop Iverson, but almost mask Iverson in some of those games to where he was almost ineffective. So it was just one of those yeah. things. Yeah, well, Lord like knows Kobe Ty Luke can stop him. So. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the truth. Um, so uh, well, that was one of the things he said. He said, you know, with Ty, Ty Lue guarding him and Iverson being so unguardable, he wanted to step up and be that guy, excuse me, that that went, that stepped to the, the plate to guard Iverson. So it, just hearing the stories of uh, and seeing during that whole Kobe time, uh, if I had to choose, it would be eight because it was the rise of someone that was becoming the next Jordan. Obviously didn't go 6-0, and but was becoming everything we had wanted after losing Jordan. So I, I guess I hear you. had to pick a number. It would be number eight. Yeah, and I, I totally feel you on that. Um, and I also feel you on the point, like, that, you know, we're talking about the same person. It's it's just it, basically what it boils down to is, uh, like, kind of like how you described it. You like eight because it, it was the start. It was the beginning. It was the rise of seeing this guy become a legend. So do you, do, like, do you like – the rise, or do you like the the um, uh, not I don't want to say fall, but like the, the do you like the ascent or descent like version of Kobe? Is basically basically right. what it boils down to. Um, so that's a, I, I think that's a very interesting way to put it. I I would personally pick twenty four. Um, like I and, and the thing is, like I said, I never really liked Kobe Bryant, um, but like one of the things that I did kind of appreciate about 24 was the way he kind of matured um, and the way that he developed his game and, and improved his game over the course of his career um, simply because uh, you know he he didn't have the lift that he used to have like he couldn't just get to the bucket and dunk the ball like he could when he was you know 22 years old seeing the way he kind of changed his game uh, and, and basically you know, seeing kind of the the um, the confirmation that he could that he could win one without Shaq, because um, you know I never really liked Shaq either. I like Shaq a lot now, um, and I even like Kobe uh, now to a certain extent because um, they're just, they're different people now, um, and you know like they're not they're not destroying you know, Allen Iverson in the finals anymore. So <laughs> that kind of helped. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I really do. I think, I think when he, you know, had matured a bit and everything like in those, those Pal Gasol days, um, you know, those late two thousands when he had worked so hard to get back there and he finally did and, um, and to win too. Um, and, you know, I, I was rooting against him pretty much every year. <laughs> 
ain't gonna lie. Like, but uh, but I am glad he got his rings, um, and I'm glad he he at least got that you know one ring and and actually two without Shaq because I think for his legacy to mean as much as it does, I think he had to at least get one without Shaq, especially since Shaq like immediately got one without him when he went and played with D Wade. Um, so, you know, at the time it was kind of like, you know, what did the Lakers do here? Did they, you know, did they, you know, piss away their, their chances? And it's like, no, you just got to retool. Just got to get a couple other good players in there. Get you a Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum, um, a Trevor Ariza, Ron Artest, you know, uh, and, and well, also, you know, construct a lineup. Also, the biggest uh, biggest thing was uh, when Shaq first left, Phil left. Um, so right. the Lakers, that was the year Kobe had to drop 80, <laughs> 80 right. not only to stay in the game, but to win it. Um, yeah. So Phil coming back and uh, reestablishing that winning culture definitely is what helps Kobe get to three finals and win two of them. Should have won three of them, but I'm glad he didn't. Because if there's one guy, like if Melo never wins it, I'm glad I can at least say uh, Paul Pierce and Garnett did. Uh, I, I love yeah. those guys. Um, and, you know, I'm glad they were able to at least get one. But, something like, I, I bet people in the 90, in that whole 90s era where Jordan was just going to as many finals as he wanted, um, mm-hmm. it was like you kind of want to see somebody else win it, but then you kind of just want to see, see if Jordan can win six, seven, or eight. Like, how many can Jordan right. win? But you definitely throughout the years wanted to see, as Joel always says, parody and somebody else mm-hmm. win it. But it was just like you want to be a part of something great. And if Kobe had a chance to go six for six, I was absolutely for it. But a small part of me was like, I really want to see Garnett and Paul Pierce get one because I just love those guys' games so much. And I didn't want right. Garnett to become sparkly, uh, like someone who's just really great but just couldn't get that ring. So it was just really good to see those guys win. But I de- uh, another part of me definitely wanted to see Kobe go six for six. Yeah, well, and that would have been, um, which I know, again, it's a four-letter word uh, in New York, but, like, that would have been Phil Jackson winning three in a row four times. <laughs> like, I mean – the yeah. thing is, like, people – I think people kind of dog on Phil because of his, his you know, recent stuff. Because, um, I mean, you know, a lot of people will say, like, Greg Popovich is undoubtedly the greatest basketball coach of all time. Um, I don't I don't mind if you say that you think Greg Popovich is the greatest basketball coach of all time. But undoubtedly, like, come on, bro. You can't knock Phil like that. Phil won 11 rings. The That's only crazy. reason now, granted, I give the... Granted, he had, he had Michael, he had Kobe, he had Shaq, he had Scottie Pippen. Um, but, you know, you still got to go and win those rings. Like, and he did almost every single time. Yeah, I mean, it was even fun to hear Scottie Pippen say, uh, Jordan didn't want to play the triangle. Phil had to not force him, but convince him that that was a winning formula. Uh, same thing with Kobe. Those guys didn't want to play the triangle. As Rajon Rondo said, it is not an easy thing to learn. It is very right. difficult to learn the triangle. Uh, so for him to implement something that's so difficult for other players to, to implement and uh, create a winning success through, I want to say, what is it, like two or three different uh, 
not generations, but uh, decade. Not, not decade. I think it was only a difference between maybe two decades. Um, yeah, two decades. Yeah, I say the. But like I the beginning the of reason, one and the end of another, like it was like a exactly, twenty-year span. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I say the only reason I give um, Popovich the slight edge uh, in the in the in terms of a better head coach is because he did have to work with less to achieve the success that he did. Not saying that oh, he yeah. had to work with scrubs. He just he yeah, just well, didn't yeah, have of course. I mean, three, Tim Duncan is one of the greatest what, players of all time. Greatest right, power yeah. forward to ever play the game and probably one of the ten greatest players. But let's be yeah. honest, Tim Duncan is definitely no MJ, and he's not even a, a Kobe or a Shaq. Like, that's right. the difference. Like, he's not quite on that level. And not only that, though, but, like, the thing is, too, like, the Spurs were able to get out of the West with the Lakers at supreme dominance. So it's like they beat them, you know? Like, they beat uh, – I mean, because, what, they won it in 03, 05, 07, uh I know fourteen, and there was in, what in ninety nine. So, no, yeah, 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 ninety nine, two thousand, yeah. Um, so yeah. like you know they they beat you know those those really good Lakers teams to get out of there. So um, you know, see, so I mean, yeah, you definitely have to give some credence there. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know the Lakers beat them too. So, um, but man, right. yeah, those were those were some really really good teams. Um, and you know what, too? I, I, I think a, another reason that you kind of have to at least, uh, I would say, give a little bit of edge maybe to um, to Pop is, like, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't, like, nobody took the triangle and really did anything with it after Phil Jackson. Like, he, he was, he it was a great offense for him to implement, and he made it work, and he made his guys buy in, and it is, you know, really difficult offense, and you got to be really smart to like, to, to to make it work and be committed. Um, but he didn't like the triangle didn't take over the NBA. Like Greg Popovich's system is why the Warriors are so damn good. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it, yep. like th- that system has been manipulated or not manipulated, but but like it's been it's been reincarnated over several okay. different coaches and teams. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I would say more, uh, it means it, he is a coach probably meant more to the league um, than say yeah. Phil Jackson. And, and not to mention what he did for European players. Um, I think after mm-hmm. Pop started pulling from, from, uh, I don't want to say that later, but pulling from that, that uh, that pool, a lot of people started saying, "Oh wait, they're they're good players <laughs> from over there. Like we can go get right. talent from over there." Oh okay, yeah, sure, let let's do it. Um, yeah. So definitely, yeah, Popovich Tony Parker, did Marty, so, Ginobili, like, yeah, yeah, Popovich definitely started a lot of what's still being implemented in today's NBA. So I, like I said, there's a whole bunch of intangibles that if someone came to me and said. Popovich is the greatest head coach ever. I would go, you could definitely make a case for that. I may lean on the side of the guy who had more rings, but Pop versus Phil is the equivalent of Michael versus uh, LeBron. There's an argument for both. 
there is no right. wrong answer. Uh, yeah. And if and if your bottom line is rings, then you lean towards that. If your bottom line is overall body of work, then you could lean towards a LeBron, like you could lean towards a Popovich. So I I definitely uh, wouldn't tell someone that they're wrong for picking Popovich or for picking Phil. It's either or. There's no wrong answer, but there's definitely uh, a case for both, uh, for either sure. or, uh, depending on there's, which there's, side you, you you lean on. Absolutely. Um, does Kobe deserve two jerseys retired? Yes. Uh, main reason why is he won champion multiple championships for both numbers. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think so. Just like I think when LeBron retires, Miami should retire number six, and Cleveland should retire twenty three. But that's just my opinion. Well, to me, I disagree. The only thing worse than having somebody get two numbers retired on the same team is like Miami deciding to retire Michael Jordan's number. Like why are you why are you retiring Mike's number? He never even played for your damn team. Like that's the stupidest thing. Like it'd be one thing if the league was like, We're gonna retire twenty three like Jackie Robinson or something like that, even though like even that to me is like way egregious. Like they didn't retire Jackie Robinson's number because he was the the best baseball player ever. They retired his number because of what he meant to culture. Um, whereas, you know, Mike didn't mean that. So, like, that I think is the stupidest example probably that will ever exist of retiring a jersey. Um, but, no, nah, well, I mean, I mean – Well, I was just going to say, I'm of the opinion, like, pick one and, like, you know, just, like, put one up in the rafters and then just kind of be like – like, just kind of have it be known – they're like, yeah, like we're gonna put twenty four in the rafters, but like we're not really gonna let anybody else wear eight because it would look weird. It would look weird if somebody else went out there and tried to put on a number eight jersey. I, I like, and I get that, but like you don't have to raise both of them up in the rafters and have let him have two different fucking jerseys. Like, just put twenty four up there because that's the one that he likes a little bit more, and then you know, like, just just you know, just be like. If anybody comes in and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna wear eight, it's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> like, that's all you gotta do. Well, I mean, I I don't disagree with you. I also don't get uh, the whole retiring jerseys, um, but the NBA has has turned into that. I mean, Ilkowski has had hmm. his jersey retired in Cleveland. Well, see, I don't so mind retiring jerseys. I just think that the the Heat retiring Michael Jordan's jersey was stupid. Was kind of crazy, yeah. I, I I've like, never yeah, he never played for your team. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Um, I've never really been a fan of the idea of that because I've never been a fan of, like, if I come there and play and play there and I was number 24 in, in Little League, uh, middle school, high school, college, and now I want to be 24 in the pros and I can't. Because you have his his number up there, uh, I was never a fan of the idea of that, but I get it. Just like I get that they want to retire both. Um, but I I mean if uh, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Ooh, excuse me. That's what um that's what Oklahoma City did. Uh, I believe when Harden uh left, I think someone tried to play with number thirteen, and they were like, yeah, no. Uh, I think I don't know if they did that for Durant because that situation was a little different. 
Uh, no, yeah, they I, let I they let somebody wear it. Presty let somebody wear it. Uh, okay, I thought yeah. so. I thought so. Well, yeah, Durant kind of gave them a middle finger, so I understand that. <laughs> I understand being yeah. petty on both ends. Um, but yeah, I, I would have been. But see, here's the thing. Me, here's the thing. Which one like, do you prefer? And he picked. I'm sorry. What? No, no. I, I'm sorry. I was saying I, I would have understand if they asked him which one did he prefer. And if he said 24, they only retired 24 and maybe put uh, his number eight jersey in, like, a, a, a glass or a frame and, and, and sent it to him. I would have understood if they did that, too. They didn't necessarily have to do yeah. both. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I get that you don't want anybody else to wear eight. I just don't think both of them need to hang in the rafters. But, like, I, I just don't like it in the sense of, like, you know, like, you got one Magic Johnson jersey up there. You got one Kareem jersey up there. You got one Shaq jersey. And then, then you get two Kobe jerseys? Like, no. No. I, I just don't. I don't not on board with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, I do think what I was saying uh, was as far as Oklahoma City, like, neither one of those players deserve, like, Harden nor Durant, neither one of those players deserve to get their jersey retired. Like, you can sit here and tell me, like, you know, well, especially Harden, because Harden, like, he, he wasn't even the Harden that he is now when he played for them. So, like, he wasn't even, like, great yet. He was just a really, really – he was a great sixth man, but he wasn't he wasn't a great player yet at that point. Um, he had a horrible finals against uh, Miami. Um, like, something that he you'd never see him do now. Um <laughs> Not for like an extended series anyway, maybe a game, but not a series. Um, but uh, but even Durant, like yeah, you you gave a lot to that city and everything else, and blah 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 blah. You never want a chip, like. And I'm not saying you have to have won a chip to get your jersey retired, because that's that's not a qualification either. But you don't win a chip, and then you leave the way you did. You, you don't get your jersey retired. <laughs> Like I think I feel like that's well, just a given to me at that point. Like I would, if I was Oklahoma, I would never want his jersey retired. I would not want a, a, a jersey hanging up in the rafters as a reminder of like what he did. Like, I just I would not want. That. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. Ooh, excuse me, I don't disagree with that. It would take a LeBron type of thing <clears throat> for Durant mm-hmm. to do. For Oklahoma City to even uh, think about retiring his jersey, right. but I do understand. I do understand James's jersey, uh, James Harden. Main reason because they're the reason why James Harden didn't matter. stay in any ball. But that doesn't matter. That he like, he yeah, but that doesn't team. matter you because can't ignore that. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like you, you never achieved anything. Like. And you you, you only played there to. for a few years. Well, but see, that's not that's really not uh, that's neither here nor there. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong in that respect. I'm just saying that like it doesn't matter who did what, why, when. Like, you you still didn't like you still didn't have a long enough career there. You didn't win a championship. You were never like the best player on the team. You can't just go retire in everybody's damn jersey. I mean, granted, at least you are Oklahoma City, so you have a clean slate. Like, none of those Seattle jerseys came with them. So, um, well, I, I, so, I'll say like, this. I'll say this. If, if we're you know looking... whose jersey I would retire before all those motherfuckers? Nick Collison. That bastard's been well, there since the beginning. Say, <laughs> about, well, he's been there since Seattle. 
Um, but I yeah, well, that's what I mean. He's like the, the longest day, standing. Well, he and Russ. Well, him and Durant, well, him and Durant were. Yeah, but Durant's not Before there anymore. Durant I mean, left. currently, right. yeah, he and Russ oh, okay. are now as far as in Oklahoma because they're the only two players who I'm, have been there since the since the team had its debut season. I'll say this: I could see in ten years Oklahoma City retiring Russ, obvious reasons. Uh, Stephen Adams. Nick Collison, um, and James Harden. Those are the only players I could see in about 10 years uh, of them um, them retiring. That's it. I, unless Durant comes back to Oklahoma City, not which we all know that's not going to happen. Um, he'd be a fool, too, and Russ would never let that happen. Um, yep. I do not see them retiring Durant's jersey, and I do find it offensive if they did. Um, your fan base, because what you'd be telling your fan base is the guy that you gave your everything to decided to leave you. Granted, I thought it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> he left us for the enemy and then had success with that enemy. So I think, if anything, if Durant's jersey is hung anywhere, it'd be in Golden State next to Clay, uh, Draymond, and, and, uh, and Barry. Yeah. No, I totally agree. By the way, um, if Paul George goes to L.A., what what number should he wear? Should he go back to his 13. old number? What was his old number? He can't wear a 13. That's Will Chamberlain's number. It's oh, Will Chamberlain's, Chamberlain's number. number. So, oh, like, no. If I'm Paul George, no. If I'm Paul George, cause just like Anthony Davis said, the brow is is uh, is like his trademark, that that is who he is. He he kind of rebranded himself after that horrific injury to being PG thirteen. So if I'm him, I'm like, nah, I don't I don't want to lose that. So I'm like, nah, I'm gonna go to Lakers then. No, but I think his number was like, <laughs> I can't even remember what his number was. I've only remembered I think it was twenty four. Thirteen. It was for some reason. It was twenty four. Yeah, it was twenty four. It was. So yep. he obviously can't yep, wear that was. either. <laughs> like, Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. Now I want. Now I kind of want him to go to the Lakers just to see which number he'd pick. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll say this. Remember that they said Kobe picked twenty four to be better than Jordan. You know, to show that he was that he wanted to be better than. Jordan? I never, I never heard that, but I, can, I always speculated it. So it makes sense. Well, yeah, no, it was never said from Kobe. A lot of people just assumed that that was why oh, okay. he made the yeah. leap to the number yeah. 24. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying Kobe said that. If I'm Paul George and I do end up going to L.A., I'm like, maybe I'll go 25. <laughs> sure that yeah. I want to be better than Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely could do that. He definitely could do that. But, yeah, he'd be screwed out of 13 and 24. So I'm, if I'm Paul George, I'm like, yeah, maybe L.A.'s not where I want to go. <laughs> there you go. That's that's uh, uh, Illuminati. Boom, called it confirmed. Um, <laughs> he's not going to L.A. All you people out there who've been saying it, you're 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 wrong. Um, all right, but let's move on. Um, we got some some. Uh, I really was hoping Joel would get here for this one. Um, see, I sometimes when he says he's not going to be here on time, like when he's like, "Man, I'm I'm gonna be running late." I'm like, "Man, you're just avoiding the topic." You don't you don't want to have to argue your case. <laughs> I know it, um, but uh, but nevertheless, um, I uh, Demarcus Cousins is reportedly on the trading block, according to some league sources. Um, 
the Pelicans are currently a fringe playoff team, and they stand to be a luxury tax team next season if they re-sign Cousins. So it really kind of puts them in a precarious situation. Um, do you want to be a luxury tax team just to make the playoffs, just to be a playoff team, like just in general? Um, there's not – they have a lot of bad contracts right now. And the, and the tricky situation is, like, even in a couple years when some of those bad contracts come off the books – and then really three years uh, for, for all of them to come off the books. Uh, you're still looking at, at that point in time, you're going to have to re, re-up with AD. Um, so that's like another, like, you know, that, that basically cancels out the money that's that's coming off the book almost, not quite, but almost. Um, and then you're going to have new players come in that you're going to have to pay. So, like, the thing – like that you draft because you're not going to be, first of all, you're not going to be able to bring in um, all-star talent uh, because you don't have the money. Like you can't bring in free agents when you already got three max contracts on your books. It's just like you, you don't have the flexibility. And especially when you, you know, decided to pay Solomon Hill and his busted ACLS, you know, 12 million a year. Um, and uh, Etwan Moore, like $9 million a year. Omar Ashik, you know, $12 million a year. Alexia Gentia, $5 million a year. Um, so, like, none of those contracts are really that bad themselves it's that you've accumulated all of them. Uh, so, altogether, they're pretty rotten. Um, so, you and I have kind of speculated this a lot. Um uh, as far as, you know, we, we both figured Cousins would probably be traded before this trade deadline, not particularly because we didn't think that Cousins and and AD couldn't work, but because the team couldn't work with just those two guys scoring the basketball. Um, and, yes, you have Drew Holiday, um, but, like, Drew Holiday is a piece. He's not, like – He's not like big three type of guy. Um, so with that being said, uh, some potential suitors include Cleveland, uh, who's you know in the <laughs> topic of conversation for any any all star uh, super slash superstar player who who maybe uh, move they're going to be in that conversation. Uh, Toronto, Washington, Milwaukee, Phoenix, and Portland. Um, a, Jawan, do you think that the Pelicans should consider trading him at this very point in time? Um, do you think maybe they should just go ahead and wait till the deadline, um, or do you think that like now's the time try to get try to get more out of him now than if you waited towards the deadline and you completely lim- limit your options? Um, <clears throat> As much as this pains me to say, because I told you I felt as though the Pelicans could go super far this year, you can't keep them uh, and then either lose them for nothing or have the team just be (laughs) Drew Holiday, AD, and DeMarcus Cousins and a whole bunch of these scrub role players that you're stuck with going forward. Uh, And as much as he says he's not, Anthony Davis is getting just as frustrated as you would expect uh, a young guy with that much talent coming to a franchise that has uh, consistently not uh, surrounded him with enough talent for him to do something with. Um, So I think 
if you're smart, you don't even wait for the deadline. Like I said, DeMarcus Cousins not only hasn't had anger issues a lot this year, he's been bawling out of his mind. The perfect time Mm -hmm. to to trade him would be now. But, and this isn't to change the topic at all. It it, it still pertains to to this trade logic that, um, that we're discussing. If I'm the Pelicans, actually, DeMarcus isn't who I would trade. Anthony Davis is. Uh, my biggest thing with with that is um, the biggest, the best thing as a player you could do for a team is be available. And although Anthony Davis hasn't missed, I don't think that many games as he has in in, in past seasons this year, he is still an injury prone guy. Demarcus Cousins is not. Actually, Demarcus Cousins wouldn't miss many games if he would stop being such a mental head case. Uh, so I think, because like I said, those are two players outside of, no, I'd even give it to passing, uh, two players who AD has the, the advantage because of length and his, he plays defense a little, uh, at a little bit of a higher rate than DeMarcus. But if I'm the Pelicans, I want to keep DeMarcus because uh, he, isn't, he doesn't have injury issues, and he does the exact same things, minus maybe a few things here and there, that AD does. So the longevity could be be more from from DeMarcus Cousins. And like I said, Boston is waiting to give the Pelicans whatever they want for Anthony Davis. I just I I I, I see I see what, what these league sources are saying and the Pelicans said they don't want to get rid of A D. Uh the best place for DeMarcus Cousins to go is the Trailblazers. And if I'm him, I'm 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 trying to force my way there out of any of these other places. Main reason because if I compare myself up with possibly, I won't say two of the best, it's Curry and Clay, but the second most deadliest uh, third. Uh, guard combination. Third. I, and, and they're. Oh, well, you're giving it to Bill and Wall? Damn right I am. I'm sorry. I just think Damian Lillard and CJ are better shooters than that combination. But I, I give it to uh, it's, They're it's, better it's, than John Wall. I mean, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, yeah, well, they're better well, than John that's Wall. The advantage that I give him. Yeah, but John Wall, John Wall is a better point guard than Dame Lillard, though. Dame Lillard's Absolutely. just a better scorer. Yeah, Without you don't see no Dame Lillard getting there. seventeen assists in a game. Yeah, no, I agree. No. Yeah, yeah, you're, that's that's a good point. There really is no wrong answer there. The, the clear cut yeah, number one is Golden State, and then the other two is a great right. toss. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if I'm Demarcus Cousins, I would like to line myself up with those two guys. Uh, and, and build from there. And Portland does have a history of putting together good teams, uh, and they have a really good head coach. Um, so it would be sad to see them uh, have to lose, uh, what's his name, uh, Yurkic, Nurkic. Or Jokic, whatever. Nurkic. Nurkic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Him, and, him, him and the Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets center confuses me all the time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if I'm, if I'm Portland, I would want to uh, DeMarcus Cousins, um, Damian Lillard and Stephen McCollum. I like it on paper. Um, like I just don't know. I don't know how well that would that dynamic would work. Um, it may work great. It might like it's it's, it's kind of it's difficult for me to say. Um, but just because you got two guys who are used to taking a X number of shots during a game. Now we all know people can alter their games, you know, to fit other people in. Um, and if you were trying to get somebody 
to add to that team, I mean, obviously you can, like DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that you can, like, bank on really helping. Um, I, but, like, if I'm Portland, and I'm not saying, like, there's one out there that's available. Like, I don't have one in mind, per se. But I would rather just get me a power forward that I could pair with, you know, the rest of those guys and then use, like, a Minu or, or Harkless as kind of the glue in the middle um, to connect the roster. Uh, just because, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, – I, I, I don't know if that would necessarily work. Um, just, just in my head, it might, it very well might. I would just be a little hesitant. Um, so, I want to, I want to know is, is, is your hot take of the week that the Pelicans should trade Anthony Davis instead of Demarcus Cousins, or do you have something else lined up for us too? Nope, it was. <laughs> hey, that's a perfect one, man. That's a good one. Um, well, let, let me. We'll, we'll get back to that in a minute because I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, in just a minute. Um, but as far as far as Boogie Cousins, man, I, I sent this trade to you and Joel earlier, um, just just through topics of conversation. And the more I thought about it, the more I just really, really love it. Um, Send DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo to the Suns for Greg Monroe, Josh Jackson, and maybe a draft pick. That you know, I mean, the Suns have a lot of them. It's going to be really. It's going to boil down to the question of: Do the Suns think that if they trade for him, they can keep him? Um, and to that, I would say, if the price is right, you go for it. Um, like I personally because Josh Jackson hasn't, like, hit the ground running, now it's not to say he's not going to be a really good player. Um, Brandon Negram took him a year, and look at him this year. He's he's great. Um, or he's or you can at least see the potential for him to be great this year. You didn't really get much of that potential last year. Um, but, you know, you obviously Greg Monroe doesn't fit into your, into your system. Um, and if you really look at the Suns, man, they have a talented roster. They need a point guard who can distribute the ball, and they need a reliable big man who can score. You pair up Boogie Cousins with Devin Booker, like that's that's kind of the new age Shaq and Kobe, at least in the sense of I would say Devin Booker is the most um, he is the most offensively gifted two guard in the league currently. Um, not not the overall player, but the most you know offensively gifted two. Um, and DeMarcus Cousins, at this point in his career, is the most dominant force in the NBA. Um, so by pairing those two up, if you could get Rondo in that deal too because you really need a dis- ball distributor, um, that you, you kind of plug those two pieces in with Booker, with T.J. Warren, Marquise Chris, um, and then they've already got depth. You know, they've got a couple of veterans who are just kind of solid pieces in Tyson Chandler and uh, Jared Dudley. Um, they don't get a lot of playing time because, you know, they, they're trying to get the young guys play and everything else. And, and, you know, they're kind of been lingering in rebuild mode for like five seasons. Um, but, you know, they, they're good players. Um, and then, you know, you got Ulysses, um, who's, who's a pretty good player. Brandon Knight would be coming back next year. 
um, as well. Uh, and you also got uh, Troy Daniels, who is, you know, he's all right. Um, and you got uh, uh, Dragon Bender, who, you know, can give you solid 15 to 20 minutes a night as needed. So, like, I think that that would be a really smart trade for Phoenix, even though they would have to give up something so valuable in Josh Jackson. To me, you just re-signed T.J. Warren. I think, I mean, I really do think if if you really wanted to go with Josh Jackson, I wouldn't have signed T.J. Warren to a five-year deal. Granted, it's not it's not a whole shit ton of money or anything. Um, is a good deal. It's kind of like that Robert Covington deal. Like when I saw it, I was like, that surprised me, but that's a, that's a good deal. Um, you didn't overpay him. Uh, but, um, but nevertheless, like he's, he's definitely the better player right now. And if you're, you know, I think giving Jackson up is worth it because of who you have. And I might even throw in a pick, like be willing to throw in a pick, like not, I'm not going to give you our own pick. I'm not going to give you like a Miami pick. Um, but I'd, I'd probably throw in that Bucks pick, um, or maybe just give them one of Phoenix's picks, but heavily protected, so it kicks on down the line a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, and, and as far as if you're um, if you're uh, on the other side, if if you're uh, New Orleans, a you really really need a reliable three because you don't have anybody. Um, I think Josh Jackson is going to be a hell of a player um, once he gets the time to develop and grow. Uh, so, I mean, I think he fits a need that you have. Greg Monroe, you know, is is a very reliable uh, center in the league. Um, you know, he's nowhere even close to as versatile as, as someone like Boogie Cousins. But a guy, can he can score uh, close to the basket. He can get you you know, 12, 15 rebounds a game if you give him the minutes. Um, he still kind of helps you not have to play AD underneath the basket so much, which is why they originally wanted a center. Like, because, you know, they were flirting with the notion of getting Dwight Howard last year. Um, so before everything went down and Boogie kind of fell in their lap, so to speak. Um, so, like, it, it at least gives you something there. And it gives you cap relief because with with his expiring contract, you're going to, if you want to bring him back, it's going to cost you less than not only what it's going to cost, you know, to bring back Boogie Cousins, but it's going to cost you less than what you're paying him now. It ain't going to cost you $17 million to re-sign Greg Monroe. So if you want to re-sign him, you can. You don't have to, though. He's expiring. So you save a shit ton of money. Um, You get a valuable young prospect, maybe a draft pick. Um, Nothing too crazy, not a lottery pick because um, you're already getting Josh Jackson. Um, but, you know, like a like a mid to late first rounder. Um, what say you to that? I'd be fine with that. Um, maybe, ooh, sorry. Me being someone that definitely wants Phoenix to uh, succeed, and that would definitely propel them in the right direction. Uh, only thing I had to say about that, because I'm definitely fine with that trade. It definitely works for both ends. But if I'm Phoenix, same thing I told you guys with Kyrie. I am calling. <laughs> I'm calling DeMarcus Cousins because uh, I believe I believe they can. I don't think that that's um, that's tampering or anything. Uh, and I'm getting an idea. Well, on... they can't call him, but they they can be like, Yo, Devin, like y'all both played for Kentucky. Call up your boy. Right, right. Like, right. see if he'll be, and... see if he's in. 
Because, I mean, we all know, like, New Orleans did the same thing. They had Anthony Davis call DeMarcus Cousins. Right. Like, well, so. what, made that, what made that super easy was they were actually friends. So it was just like, hey, just call your buddy. Yeah, call him. Right. <laughs> call him. Yeah. And then during the – But, like, all, all, those Kentucky, games, all those Kentucky guys are all, like, pretty chummy. Right. Um, but, like like I was saying, if I'm Phoenix, I'm just – I'm you know, since I can't, I'm getting someone <laughs> – I'm getting Booker to call him, and I definitely need to. I need them to have a conversation to see if Demarcus Cousins would stay long term. I, I get your point of that's a really good team. Um, uh, that could potentially be a really good team. Sorry, um, but if I'm Demarcus Cousins, all of my Kings teams weren't trash. They they were okay. You know, he had some. He had one year that the Kings were okay. Um, so if I'm never him, I'm never been at the playoffs, sure. man. They no, never they had. They, they never had they one. They never had no. one really good player next to him. Mm, not not one. Okay, me, me and you see Rudy Gay differently, but I, I definitely understand your point. I get you. I get you. Yeah, um, I guess you could say Rudy Gay, um, but Rudy Gay could never stay healthy when he was there either. Right. Um, that, and by the I, time, I and the thing was, by the time that they had got put that team together. They were they were already fucked. Like they already had all yeah. this different draft uh, problems coming up in the future. You know, like that's the the thing. That's a real reason that they traded Demarcus Cousins. Like it probably has a little bit to do with the money too. But like they they were going to lose their draft pick to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So and they're yeah. already going to lose their draft pick to I guess Boston now um, next season, mm-hmm. next draft, 2019. So, like, they, they, by the time they had finally lined up the team, they had already fucked up every step of the way to get there. That, you know, thing is, if you're looking at a Phoenix situation, you're going to a team that already has talent on it, that you can right. be the guy. You can be the guy on that team. Plus, you got a bunch of draft picks. I mean, Phoenix has the c- capacity. I mean, they own two Miami first-rounders. They own all of their own. Uh, draft picks, first in the league. Let me ask you this. Um, what's, and what's they own the, the. Oh, they got they got a fair amount of cap space. Um, so let me ask you like, this. Let me ask you this. What what's stopping them if they can make the Marcus Cousins work? Let's say this Phoenix still can work. This is this is a hypothetical. Let's say they can land the Marcus Cousins. If I'm them, I don't stop there. I don't. Well, let me take that back. I do stop there. <laughs> um, but what I will do, though, is, because I, I forgot we are talking about the Suns, not the Pelicans. So let me backtrack a little bit. I trade for DeMarcus Cousins, like you said, because that is, that is, like I said, uh, a really good deal. But I am, call, I am having someone call him just to make sure he would want to stay there long term. And if he does commit long term, why not uh, court Paul George? That would be the perfect piece to put right in there to form a big three in Phoenix and have that that core big three that's all very young uh, build a future together. I mean, we're seeing a Paul George who has an alpha male that's kind of masking what what he does best. Uh, but if you take if you tell him, listen, you're going with a, a young uh, Devin Booker who's just looking to get good shots. And if you're doubled, you're getting him good shots. And DeMarcus Cousins, people sleep on it a lot. He's actually a really good passer. 
he does pass the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's he's definitely not a guy that's saying, I need 30, 40, 50 shots a game. So I don't think anyone's ever said that about, about DeMarcus Cousins. Um, so if I'm Phoenix, that could be a really, really, really good offseason for me. And like you said, you got Rondo, so you don't have to worry about a point guard. You got your point guard. You have uh, Devin Booker at the two, Paul George at the three, whatever you want at the four. I can't remember their roster off the top of my head. And then DeMarcus Cousins at the five. That could be. Yeah, you have Marquise Chris at the four, and he is, like, a great team player. Like, okay, he, cool, he can cool. shoot. Like, mm-hmm. he can make shots, but he's he's way more than that. That's the one thing about – see, like, it, it basically, I think how you would make it work is because if you're – they currently are slated to have $78 million in cap space next year. You remove Josh Jackson from that equation, that trims off about six. So that would take it down to 72. Now your cap holds for Rondo and, and Cousins would be pretty big. So you would – Honestly, you'd still have to make some moves in order to bring in a guy like Paul George. Um, but you could get rid of – you got Tyson Chandler expiring contract 13.5. You got Jared Dudley expiring contract 9.5. Um, somebody will gladly take Dragon Bender. Um, Troy Daniels expiring contract 3.2. Uh, somebody will gladly take T.J. Warren. I mean, he's making like – 11.7, then 10.8, then 11.7, then 12.6 over the course of the next four seasons. He's a very, very solid piece. So, yeah, they could totally make that work with the amount of cap space that they have. Yeah, so I'm saying if I had to choose – excuse me, I changed my mind now. Instead of the Trailblazers, I'd rather Phoenix be that trade because uh, I do have a lot of love for Phoenix. Um that move to get the Marcus Cousins could be what could get them in a position to maybe court a Paul George. If you're Paul George and you were showing interest in going to the Lakers, who I believe would have – I think the Lakers might have the advantage a little bit as far as talent. Uh, and actually no. Coach. <laughs> Kuzma, you think Paul, the- Ingram. Go ahead. What are you saying? Well, I mean, yeah, but if you've got if you've got Boogie – Rondo, Booker, like Marquise Chris, you got a lot of more, you got a lot more draft picks. You, you you get to play your natural position without having to move somebody to a position that's not natural for them, which you would have to yeah, do in I LA. No, I mean I, I would I give the edge saying. as far as talent wise, I would give the edge to Phoenix. Now, of course the the romanticism side of playing in LA and everything. But you know what else I'd tell him? I'd say, come on down to Phoenix. You can wear 13, bro. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't care. Or 24. Hell, if somebody's <laughs> got that, yeah. And if somebody does have 13, like if 13 was Dan Marley's member, we'll unretire that bitch. We don't care. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll do we'll we number. That's for damn sure. <laughs> we only care about Nash anyway here. Um, but, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Yeah, he, he, you know, uh, the, the point I was trying to say was, uh, even though I, uh, me and you will debate on that uh, another time, uh, what I was saying was, um, if you're in L.A., the only thing that you're really enticing Paul George with is playing in L.A. Um, and, you know, Phoenix doesn't really have any nightlife, or much of nightlife. I won't say none. I've never been to Phoenix. Uh, but much nightlife. Um, you could definitely just sell him on the idea of 
listen, would you rather go to L.A., have fun with these guys, help them uh, become something, or would you rather join something that's already going to be something that you could uh, implement winning immediately? The only thing, though, Phoenix would have to do is get a coach. that Not that would wow him, but that would make him go, okay, I see the direction these guys are going in. David fucking Isdale. I agree with you on there because I was going to say the last head coach that they had wasn't attracting anybody. No one was going to play for Earl Watson. And David (laughs) Fisdale would be great with DeMarcus Cousins because the one coach that DeMarcus Cousins liked, who Sacramento fired anyway, um, Mike Malone, um, the reason that DeMarcus Cousins got, got along with him so much is because Mike Malone didn't take any shit. And, like, he respected him. And so he would kick his ass out of practice and then, like, you know, he'd leave and then he would come back the next day and, you know, be ready to do what Mike Malone wanted him to do. Um, so that's just the way – that's the way Cousins is. Like, he's a hothead, but if 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 you can get him to respect you, um, he's going to like you. So I think a guy like David Fisdale would be perfect. Um, but And not to mention, like, if you had that grit and grind with somebody like Cousins and George and look at us, we're already, like, fucking building this team in our damn head and they don't even have Marcus Cousins yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, I mean, that would be great. It would definitely be a huge selling point for um, – for Paul George, you know, or even for LeBron James. Like, that's the thing. Like, if if LeBron James is going to leave, like, you could definitely you could definitely throw your hat into the mix if you had DeMarcus Cousins and Booker and, you know, you were like, hey, we've got these two guys. we got some young talent. Like, but I, nevertheless, I'd rather have Paul George just because it gives you a little bit longer of a window and honestly, like, I'd rather Paul George be the long-term, I'd rather Paul George be the two to my DeMarcus being the one than DeMarcus being the two to LeBron being my one, you know. Uh, I just think the dynamic would work better. Um, but, I agree. And not to mention, you know, I would want to keep Rondo around, and if you bring in LeBron, do you really need Rondo? Do you, you know, it's, no, you know, not at all. It kind of muddies the water. Right, it just kind of yep. muddies the water. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I'm glad you like it. Uh, I wish uh, I wish Joel had been here so he could tell me why it's the worst trade of all time. Um, <laughs> but uh, alas, he is not. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that would be a good good deal for both teams. Uh, you know, there's. There's definitely a deal to be had there if they do decide to move on from DeMarcus Cousins. And I'm with you, man. Like, just as, as, as good as those two guys are together, you just, you got to, you got to, it's, it's not going to work with what else you have around them. So, yeah, I mean, regardless of who it is, you pick, you either move both of them, you know, and, and completely rebuild or you move one of them to try and get better. You know, or to try to try to yeah. kind of give yourself a better opportunity in the future. Um, so, uh, but let's move on. Uh, the NBA has announced that the picks for the All Star Game will be conducted in private, and the selection order will not be released. The fuck is this bullshit? Yeah, like 
didn't you just know this was going to happen? Like that they would they would tease us with something cool and then like keep making it not cool. Like so first they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna switch things up this year and we're gonna have the two leading vote getters get to pick their own teams. And I was like, sold. Like that is so awesome. Like and I was like just picturing this in my head and I was like, you know, you got all this talent going to the West. So like now we we don't have to worry about like East and West and all that and you know, you just pick the twenty four best players and then the two best out of it, like so let's say it's Steph Let's say it's LeBron, or you know, in, in a realistic world, it's James Harden and LeBron. Um, so you get James; he gets, you know, he gets first pick or whatever because Houston's a little bit better. And then goes LeBron, and then down the lane. Like, dude, I was so excited for that. Then they told us, "Oh no, no, no! There's still going to be 12 people from the East and 12 people from the West." Like, why? You, you're not even playing. You're not playing East versus West. So why do we have to have 12 people from the East? That makes absolutely no sense. We're going to have a ton of people who play in the Western Conference who are getting snubbed while we got Tobias Harris on the All Star team. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> and 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 you know, no offense to Tobias Harris, good good solid player. There's you just can't tell me he's one of the 24 best players in the NBA. He, like like maybe 35, you know, um, but like, you, 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 he, but you, I mean, you know what I mean? He's not one of the 24 best players in the NBA. No, no damn way. Um, I agree. so, so like, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like that, that was the big thing. And now we're not even going to get to see him pick them. It's just going to be like, here's your teams. Like leaving us all to speculate how it all went down. Juwan, I'm obviously kind of pissed off about this whole whole shindig. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but both you and me were heavily in favor of the initial announcement that they were going to have the two leading vote getters pick their teams. Um, I think it was it was really Joel who didn't really like it. He you know being the traditionalist, he wanted to to keep things east versus west. Um, but you and I liked right. it, but are, are you as upset as I am as, with all the additions that we've heard, or are you still kind of down with this? Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm as upset as you are. The main reason why uh, – well, not the main, but one of the reasons why I love this because I wanted Kyrie to be a captain, to be live on TV and go, I'm not picking LeBron. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Durant to get on there and go, I'm not picking Westbrook. Uh, but I think them hiding it is to protect stuff like that. But all it reminds me of is when Jordan and Pippen had um, Isaiah taken off of the Dream Team. Like, dude, we know a yeah. coach wasn't stupid enough to do that. We knew it had to be Michael and Scottie Pippen. So you're not hiding that idea from us. You're only furthering that being the truth. So, I mean, if, you know, if – the teams come out and Kyrie has a team full of people that doesn't have LeBron on it. We kind of know why. So, I mean, if if that's why they're trying to hide it, so it's not much drama surrounded by it. My biggest thing with, with the all-star game and NFL's uh, pretty much all-star game is no one cares about it anymore. They just don't. I mean, hell the NFL, the NFL took it out of Hawaii now in Orlando. So they gave up on it too. So, I mean, it's one of those things to where it's like, you barely have us entertained 
with uh, Friday and Saturday, and it doesn't help that we could care less about Sunday. Uh, we'd rather see the highlights than to sit through that whole game of guys just high-fiving each other and, and hugging each other during the during all – like, it's, it's, it's pathetic and it's disgusting to watch. Uh, that's why I loved it the one year. I think Dwayne Wade uh, fouled – was it Kobe super hard or Gasol? It was somebody Dwayne Wade fouled, like, super hard. Like, it was the, the NBA Finals during the All-Star game. But it was just good to see him being competitive and, yeah. you know, and meaning something uh, to him. Uh, and the one year LeBron and Kobe were going at it, Kobe trying to stop LeBron on that last drive. Like, those were entertaining. Mm-hmm. Guys actually gave an effort. Now it's just a bunch of guys that's catching up with friends that they can't really hang out with a lot during the season. It's just—it's really disgusting, and honestly, I'm as mad as you, but for a whole lot more reasons. This is just one <laughs> of the many reasons the All-Star Game well, upsets me. I think they need to uh, not—not because it's not like football, so you don't have to tell a guy like you have to go 100 miles per hour. But it really sickens me when the first half is over and the score is like 136 to 142. Like that means no defense is being played. Like guys are just throwing shots up, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want it to be fun, but I still want it to be competitive to where in the fourth quarter I'm seeing LeBron really try to try to win the game. I'm seeing Kyrie try to win, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a snooze fest for me Friday through Sunday. But this only elevates my, my anger for what goes down yeah. on, on Sunday in February. Yeah, and I was hoping that's the thing, like, the the reason why this was so cool was because it added an element that made that added to the drama. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. there is no drama in the actual game. So like at least we could get a little bit of drama with seeing who like who was gonna pick who. You know, like that that was the that was what made it exciting. That was, you know, why it was cool to hear. And now it's just not exciting at all anymore. It's like we still just nope. like you're still just going to, like, have some stupid press show and just tell us who's on which team. Like, it's the same damn thing for me. Like, I don't care again. Um, And, you know, like I said before, that, you know, you you don't have the 24 best players because you got five people on the Eastern squad who don't deserve to be there. Um, And then, you know, you got uh, – like you said, the, the games they don't mean anything. They don't they don't they don't try at all, like to to win. Now I've never been a proponent of the Major League Baseball All Star Game uh, deciding you know who gets home field advantage in, in the World Series. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say you need to go and do that for the finals. But like you got to figure something out. Start paying people or. You know, there's got to be something, and I think that too. Like, if you had had people, like, like done this on like live air and everything, like we don't even mm-hmm. know if the players are gonna know what order they got picked in. You know what I mean? Like, it could be as yeah. simple as Adam Silver sitting down with James Harden and LeBron and being like, "All right, who you got? Who you got? Who you got? Who you got?" And then they just figure out the same way we do. So there's no grudges there. It's not like you know. You got, you know, Kyrie being like, oh, damn, you're you going to skip me like three times, LeBron? All right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you get that, like, added element, that added fire that might add a little bit to it. Like, thing is, I don't mind, like, in the first quarter, 
when Giannis is going down on the break or whoever it was, and Curry, like, just, like, lays down on the floor and puts his, like, you know, hands over his ears or whatever, like, that's fine. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's showmanship. That's fine. But, like, when you get down to, like, when you get into the second half of the game, I want it to start getting tighter. I want it to start getting a little more physical. Um, I don't expect it to be a playoff game, but I at least expect it to be like an early regular season game, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. No, I know, mean, it's, it's, just... it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, because I, I had it played out in my mind. I was like, how cool would it be if, you know, uh, Saturday afternoon, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Saturday afternoon, I'm sorry. Uh, earlier in the week, I'm sorry. I don't know what I think. Earlier in the week, you have the two captains, right, on NBA mm-hmm. TV or whatever, or, or, or ESPN, and it's like a draft. Like, it's literally a draft. You get, like, let's say Kyrie and Durant are the two captains, or LeBron and Durant, mm-hmm. whatever. We can say LeBron and Durant. And Durant goes up and he goes with the first overall pick, I got Steph Curry. You know, and then LeBron's like the first overall pick. I got Dwayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we see it. So then, like, the camera showing, like, Kyrie in the crowd, uh, you know, LeBron skipping over him, like, eight times, and you see Kyrie's face. So you know whatever team he goes to. Like, if he goes to the opposite team, he's going to make sure LeBron regrets that. Like, Kyrie's going to try to get 80 that night. <laughs> so, like, that's mm-hmm. like, super entertaining. And, and vice versa. Like, I can see Durant picking Curry with the number one overall. I mean, uh, Kyrie with the number one overall and LeBron picking Westbrook. Like, I can see that, and that just being so entertaining, so much fun. Like, we know Sunday, uh, you know, of that upcoming week is going to be insane because these guys uh, are going to try to go at each other's throats. Obviously not, not in a violent see, way, just really try to show them up. You know, that, that would have been and, really fun. And, and see, I'll, I'll up it even a little bit more. I say you have it on TNT, and, you know, like where they have their little court in the background, like have all the dudes lined up on that court and have the two captains up and you pick your guy and they walk over to your side. Um, And you have like, uh, you know, Charles and Kenny and Ernie and Shaq just like, like giving commentary on it the whole time. And you mic everybody up. And like, so when, when Charles says something stupid, you know, LeBron, you know, can be like, shut up, Charles. Like, I ain't number, I ain't a top five player, man. Fuck you. You know, like, like just, just give me all that drama, man. I love it. I would love it. It would be so fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to get any of that. Like, and we should have damn known better. We should have known we weren't going to really get anything that cool out of this. Um, no, but, honestly, you know. I thought, I thought, because I, I really love how cool Adam Silver seems to be. Uh, and how yeah. well he's handled a lot of a lot of issues since he came in. Uh, so I thought he would be the cool guy that would give us something new, fresh, and hip uh, that would prob you know that would possibly bring interest back into the All Star game. So I, I I I won't I won't say I should have seen that coming because I just thought better of Adam Silver. Uh, but it, it, you know when stuff like this happens, it just goes oh man, don't be as boring as the last guy. Like no, you're supposed right. to come here and bring a, a new, fresh outlook on, on how today's world would like basketball to be, not bring in the elements of the old regime. Like, that, that, this is something I definitely would have uh, expected from the old regime. I, I won't say it was something I, I expected from uh, – from, uh, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Uh, 
Adam Silver, thank you. My my mind is horrible. Um, so yeah, I, I will say this definitely uh, shocked me, and I am as upset as you are, definitely. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad that you're you know we're on the same page in that regard because it really it could have been it could have been something special. It really could have been, um, and but no, it's just it's not going to be any different. So um, hopefully they'll get that they'll get that worked out. I almost wonder too. I kind of wonder if like if this was more of a like players thing. Like if LeBron like called up Adam and was like, "Yo, man, like, ah, man, I like I I want to pick the best players, but I'm not going to like like if if you know if Kevin Love's on the team and I don't pick him for like the first like four or five rounds, like man, he could get pissed and like I don't need that for the rest of my season, you know? Like yeah, I, I I do have like a g- legitimate uh um. Concern, not really concerned, but like uh, just just thought process, and maybe that does have something to do with it, you know? Yeah, no, I I definitely I definitely understand that. I, I think a lot of the players thought exactly how we thought, and we're like, yeah, no, don't 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 let that happen. <laughs> but what's funny yeah. is a lot of these guys, because I think most of the NBA outside of Westbrook, uh, Durant, Kyrie, and LeBron all really good friends. So I don't think it would it would stir up that much drama. I think even with this being held uh, away from the public, I think the players do know. I think the players do and will know about it uh, before we do. So I don't think they'll be as in the blind as we will be because uh, I think they want to eliminate that drama. Same way with yeah, well, Durant I just and hope, last year's I just hope it gets uh, leaked, game man. eliminated that. Yeah, it, I just hope it, it gets I leaked. I mean, we know today's time. We know today's time. No doubt. Well, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it, it, we like do get it leaked and we get a little bit of info and it stirs. You know, they try to stir the pot a little bit because uh, it just be so much more fun that way. Um, but let's move on. Um, we got a little blast from the past uh, story here. Um, Ex Lakers coach Del Curry said the Lakers wanted to trade for Trace McGrady back in the '97 draft. Uh, but it did not come to fruition due to Jerry Buss's veto because he didn't want to trade Eddie House, who at the time was a really, really solid player, an all-star. Um, what are your thoughts about T-Mac poten- potentially having played with Shaq and Kobe, Joanne? Well, I'm going to use, uh, well, not exactly, but paraphrase what T-Mac said uh, on today's um Whatever that show is with Rachel Nichols. My, my memory is really horrible. The Jump, yes, thank you. Um, he was actually on there, Nick, when you get a chance, you should watch it. He was on there with David Fisdale. Um, uh, oh, nice. Well, I record it, yeah. so I will definitely go back and oh, watch perfect. it. Oh, perfect. Definitely watch it and tell me your thoughts of the episode. But, uh, yeah, Tracy McGrady, was, <laughs> he, said, he said he did hear that a few years ago. Uh, and he was pretty much, he was at a loss for words on the show today. He just kept saying, could you have, and then he said the biggest the biggest regret he has of that uh, was he said um, at that time Kobe and Shaq could have molded him uh, and matured him into a better player because um, he said uh, his years in Orlando he didn't focus on scoring he focused on defense so picture Tracy McGrady young Tracy McGrady um, and I feel like Kobe Kobe could have maybe helped him 
with his health. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kobe didn't have, like, major injury issues until, like, his tail end when you'd expect most right. players to be on their way out. Um, so he was just saying there was a lot that that team could have helped him in, in uh, as far as maturing, health, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, that would have been monstrous, man. <laughs> that would have really have been monstrous. I mean, because at that point, and, and he said the biggest thing was, well, Fizdale said this, he said knowing the kind of guy that Tracy McGrady is and how uh, – and, and he knew of the relationship McGrady and Kobe had over the years, he said he felt like he maybe could have helped, not solved, but helped keep those two together. Um, because if you look at it, who would you double? You wouldn't be able to double anybody. Like if Tracy McGrady grew into who we knew him to be, you couldn't double him. You couldn't double Kobe. And you know what well, you could double Shaq, but you know that never works. Um, so that team would have been virtually unstoppable. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, Eddie was a really, 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 really uh, good player. Uh, but, man, a young Tracy McGrady with, with the, the, the hungry Kobe and hungry Shaq, that could have changed the landscape of what we view as a big three. Um, from way back yeah. then, so, but, you know, I'm sure Laker fans, they got two, they got a three-peat out of that team, and they got a, uh, they almost had a three-peat when Kobe went solo, so they're not really complaining, but I will say this, on paper, there's no reason why that team shouldn't or couldn't have won at least four or five together. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree, and, you know, the thing is, I mean, the only hang-up with it I would have is the fact that I don't know if T-Mac would have developed into the same kind of player um, just because you're not asking him to do the same thing. And he really didn't develop into a great player until he went to Orlando. Now, is that because it just took him that long to get get the reins and become that kind of player or does it have more to do with the fact that they weren't using him correctly in Toronto um wait and I wanted my bad I didn't mean to I didn't mean to interrupt you I just want to say before I forgot uh my my apologies uh because he actually answered that I had it switch he was drafted to Toronto right yeah okay sorry had that backwards he said in Toronto because he didn't need to, he was a defensive-minded uh, player because they didn't need him to gotcha. be this offensive juggernaut. It wasn't until he got to Orlando that it was a necessity. He had to develop himself into being this uh, offensive threat. So he was saying, because right. he said, he, you know, you hear that a lot, like, oh, you know, you only got good when you, when you got to Orlando. And he's like, well, no, I mean, I wasn't a scrub. In I'm paraphrasing now. I wasn't a scrub yeah. in Toronto, but they needed me more so to be uh, a defensive kind of, kind of player. So, um, so you know, that was one of my focuses. And when I got to Orlando, they needed me to be an offensive guy. So I had to switch it once I got there. So, I mean, I do know that was something you said to me before, that he didn't grow into being the T-back that we know until Orlando. So it was good to hear him kind of answer that um, on, on the show by, by saying, you know, he kind of 
did what each team needed him to do uh, specifically. So Toronto was defense. He went over to Orlando. They needed him to become offensive, and you know, we know the history from there. So sorry about right. that, but I just wanted to say that. Uh, no, it's all good. But, like, that still kind of goes to my point. It's just that, you know, I don't know that he would have been able to develop and become the same player, and so – would he have? Would he have been as effective? I don't know. Like, so that would be my biggest hang-up with it. Um, but I mean, I guess the thing is, you never like it. Uh, it it's such a um, it's such a thing. Like when you when you have like a, a surplus of wealth, it's like you know, it's 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 a problem that you want to have. Um, and I mean, you just look at a team like the Warriors who have totally figured it out. Um, you know, could they have figured it out? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Kobe and T-Mac might've butted heads. Um, maybe not, but I feel like that there's, there's at least some potential there. Um, I will say that I think T-Mac would have known his role. Um, Kobe would have obviously developed into the better player, earlier on and he wouldn't have pushed that and Shaq was already dominant and, and the you know best player on that team. So he would have it, it just would have it would have been completely different. So it's like it's it's hard for me to really say. I think I think it all worked out for the Lakers. Um mm-hmm. the, like the best way that it possibly could have because I, I'm not I don't necessarily think with T Mac you win more than five. Like you were saying, yeah, that, like no, they like, could have yeah. won five with that team, but then you wouldn't have like it would have completely changed the future, and then maybe you don't win with Powell, and then you know all this stuff. It's just you don't know. Like you just it's, well, it's a totally fictional scenario. It's like the classic scenario of um, uh, how would it like the the Rockets entertain the idea of trading. Uh, um, uh, Sam Ralph Ralph Sampson, I think is his name, um, to mm-hmm. Portland for the number two overall pick back in 1984, and they were going to take they were going to take uh, Olajuwon and Jordan. So like it's like, well, wh- how great would the Rockets have been if they had taken like if they had traded Sampson instead of going with the two towers? You know, they paired up Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon. Like, oh. I'm sure they would have been fucking great. Like <laughs> that much I can tell you. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows how everything else works? Work, you know. How, yeah, who knows I mean, what the, the, the what the legend is? You know, after that. The the thing that I immediately thought of was, um, you know, it, it's not a regret for the Lakers. I mean, uh, we don't know no. that T-Mac would have would have helped keep Shaq there. Uh, we don't know that T-Mac and Kobe uh, originally, because they're friends, you know, they became friends through the years, but we don't know that they would have been, um, uh, they would have gotten along uh, in that early, in those early stages. But I will say, right. when you look back at it, if you were the Lakers and you saw what T-Mac uh, grew to be, you saw what Eddie grew to be, it's, it's kind of kinda similar to if you're OKC, you definitely wouldn't have traded away Harden to keep Ibaka. You wouldn't make that same trade again. It definitely didn't no. uh, play out the way that you thought it was going to. But right. 
if you had kept Harden, would Russell Westbrook be the guy that he is now? Would Durant be the guy that he is now? Would Harden be the guy that he is now? So many different variables like, go into it. Yeah, and another thing is, like, as much as I love Russell Westbrook, I honestly kind of think that had you kept all three and really seen their trajectories, you probably would keep James Harden and Kevin Durant because they would play yep. better together. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's no, it's not a knock against Russ. It's not at all because um, I love the guy. But he's, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's the, like, the new age Allen Iverson. Like, he's not a guy that you can put somebody of Kevin Durant's caliber play next to him and not keep Kevin Durant from being as good as he can be. Um, so, you, you, but I think if you were to pair James Harden with Kevin Durant, um, you would, it would work a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too, like, is, is how would all of that have shaken out? No one, obviously, we don't know. But, um, but yeah, it kind of reminds me, too, of, um, I know Scotty had brought up maybe a month, maybe two or three months even, back that he almost got traded to Chicago on draft night, too, um, that Chicago was entertaining the idea of trading Scottie Pippen for him. Um, yeah. And, and uh, probably other pieces, but, like, that was that was the bulk of what the trade would have been. Um, and, you know, basically MJ was like, no. <laughs> no, yeah. we're not. No, we're not doing that because um, I got yeah. one more ring to win. <laughs> And then I'm going to leave, and then y'all can worry about what to do with Scotty at that point in time. But, no, you're not you're not trading Scotty Pippen. Um, so, like, but, but still, nevertheless, like, um, I definitely think he would have worked out more in L.A. because there was a longer future ahead of him there. But, you know, maybe, maybe if that happens, T-Mac wins a championship his first year in the league. Um, and or maybe Michael loses to the Jazz in seven, like you know. So it's yeah, it's, it's fun to think about, but it, it's definitely it's kind of like what Kobe said the other day, like when uh, I think Chris Broussard asked him and said like uh, like when people try to compare you to like MJ or LeBron or whatever, like what like what are, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts? And he was like, I don't. Like, the only things that I'm really, like, that I'm going to get hung up over is, like, things that I know I can prove. Like, you know, like, can I beat you in a game of ping pong? Like, if I know I can beat you, then, like, yeah, like, I'll get hung up about it if I don't beat you. But, like, you know, it, it, like, who's better from what generation or what? Like, it's it's all subjective. Like, so, yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind of I mean, similar to this. Like, it's, it, you know, it's it's all speculative. Who knows? I will definitely say uh, that whole conversation about LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, who's who's the best. Uh, Chris Broussard actually on uh, Skip Show put it the best. Uh, it depends on what your criteria is. If you're talking overall player, LeBron's a better overall player than both of them. You're talking offensive juggernaut, pure assassin, pure he will murder you on that court. That is Jordan and, and, and Kobe. Uh, yeah. The ultimate competitor, that, that's those guys. But, I mean, even when people are talking about LeBron doesn't really have any clutch in him, I, I thought that was false. So I saw the game uh, last night, and I'm not going to get too far, and I'm going to pass it right back to you. Um, 
I saw the game last night, and I saw he, he scored those nine points to to get them back in the game. But then on a pivotal uh, possession, to where he could have drove it to the lane, got on the free throw line, knocked down some free throws, and really put Cleveland up on the buck, he decided to pass it to Corver, and Corver completely bricked that shot. Now, albeit that's the best basketball play, but you being uh, courted as possibly one of the greatest uh, up there with Magic and those guys, you got to take that that shot yourself. You can't pass that up. So, I mean, I do get now when people say, like, he doesn't have that killer mentality. I thought he was executing that last night. So he passed on the one possession he needed to not pass it on. So, I mean, I definitely kind of get the, the parallels now. And he's just not – he's not – he doesn't have that killer instinct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it – and I get that too. Um, like, I get the – I guess the comparison, if you will, um, that, like, you – or more lack thereof, I guess. Like, saying that, you know, LeBron's – the way he approaches the game is, is so different from Michael Jordan – um, but I think, you know, kind of like we were saying earlier, um, like it's it's like I don't think either you or I think either is definitively better. Um, like personally, if you ask me, I could build a team with any one player. I'm going to pick Michael Jordan, like always and twice on Sunday. But like mm-hmm. there, but there, I mean, still like. There is something about LeBron's game that is just transcendent, um, like just his physical build. Um, I, th- I think LeBron would be successful in any era of basketball. Um, I think uh, Michael was built perfectly for his era of basketball, not to say he wouldn't be successful in any era either because he obviously would be. Um, yep. But he was perfectly suited for his era, whereas I think LeBron – he might have had more success in certain other eras dating back to the modern, like the start of the modern era with the merger. Um, I just think that, that like the way, like the way the game is played today, is so different. Um, and he's had to evolve with that. Um, but like, uh, it's just impossible. Like you can't, that's why I just always say I think MJ is the best and I think LeBron is the second best. And if you want to have them the other way around, fine. I disagree, but it's, it's so hard <laughs> to compare eras. Like that's why I usually yep. just I usually don't even enter the argument. I usually just say, well, Michael's the best of his era and LeBron's the best of his era. Like, or yes, Michael's that's, the that's best shooting guard and LeBron's the best small forward. Like, but then you yep. know you'll have somebody be like. No, nah, Larry Bird's the best small forward, and I'm like, well, that's, you, you, you have a small argument because Larry Bird was Very amazing. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Larry Bird was amazing. Him. Yeah, that's the other thing too is like with Larry Bird. Like the thing that hurts Larry Bird is he got he got hurt. He like fucked up his back exactly. and like, yeah, he couldn't play anymore. Like, and and it was so crazy when he did it. Like digging or, or making a driveway for his mom in the off season or something like that. Like, you know, it was just, it, it was just like a, just one of those things like the dude's trying to do something nice for his mom and he's just like keeping busy and he's always been a hard worker. And 
Well, and and then I think too, like the same thing with longevity. Like he played four years in college. Like, you know, he he, yeah. he didn't have he didn't ha- he wasn't able to start as early. So he'll never own the stats. You know, he he may be tied with rings depending on how LeBron finishes out his career. But um, but I I I don't know. I mean, there's certainly an argument to be made in that regard. I would still made. put LeBron ahead of him, but um, absolutely. But I, I had something that. I had something that I know you would like to hear. Uh, the Lakers just beat Houston, and guess how much Kuzma dropped? How much? Kuzma dropped 38. He went 12 for 17. Damn! And seven, he had seven out of ten three-pointers. And his wow. 38, his 38 and seven was able to beat Harden's 51 and nine. Damn. That's yeah, crazy. I knew you'd like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love Kuzma, man. Like as much as like, like I I love John Collins too, but like as much as I love John Collins, I I still kind of sit there and I'm like, damn, I wish we had taken Kuzma, but nobody had Kuzma <laughs> that high on the board. Nobody, nobody. had everybody. Everybody had Kuzma as a late first rounder, early second rounder. Like I was actually, yep. I had Kuzma. Um, before we we did the the um, trade, I was hoping we would get Kuzma at thirty one, because um, we had that Brooklyn the second rounder from Brooklyn, and I was thinking maybe he would drop to thirty one, and I like, but I had my eye on him, so that made it hurt all the more that like we didn't end up getting him, and now he's balling out for the Lakers. Like John Collins will yep. be a good player; he'll be a very good role player. Um, he's a tough player to fit though. Because he doesn't have a lot of range, so that means you want a center that has a lot of range, and those are not a dime a dozen. Um, those are very hard to find. So, um, whereas Kuzma, he's just like in today's NBA, he's like he's the perfect, he's the perfect power forward, you know. So, um, yeah, like, but I still like I still like the kid. He's he's gonna be really good. I like him a lot. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Hot takes, mock trades. Uh, well, you kind of already threw out your hot take. Um, I would just uh, – I'm just going to throw out something that, that kind of hit me initially with it earlier. My biggest thing with that is, like, I think if you trade AD, you have to trade Cousins. Because the thing is, if you trade, if you trade Anthony Davis and you – like you're basically saying to cousins like we're like you're 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 turning back the wheel on what Sacramento did to him, and I don't think that would make him very happy, and I'd be very concerned that he would leave. I think if you're going to keep cousins but you want to trade Anthony Davis, then you try really hard to re-sign cousins and then and then trade Anthony Davis like next season basically um which I don't think your your value is going to go down at all if you wait till next season because he's still under contract until the 2021 season. So they have a while; they don't have to move him right now. Um, but that would be that would be my concern. Um, your thoughts? Do you think Do you think if they moved him this year that they could potentially re-sign Cousins? Yeah, what you could sell to Cousins is, like you said before, the biggest issue of keeping both is. The, the cap. So getting rid of AD, not only can you release some of that cap, 
you can bring in hopefully uh, a good small forward or a good power forward, something like a good piece you could throw right in with with Demarcus, and then you could use that pick uh, to, to whether or not you want to actually use it in the draft or use it to maybe get somebody else. I mean, there's just so many different things they'd be able to do with that freedom. But I get your point. I mean, it's 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 you know, it's along the same lines of. I get where you're coming with Cousins because I had the same reservations when you were saying you would have done that Kyrie trade. I do not feel as though Kyrie would have re-signed with Phoenix. Just like you're saying, DeMarcus may right. not want to re-sign. Like, he'll see that and go, I, why would I want to stay here? I, 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 if I stayed, it would be to be paired up with AD, not to go by my lonesome. So I completely understand your right. point on that. only thing I was saying yeah. is with AD having – the injury uh, troubles that he does. If you had a chance to get rid of that and still keep somebody of AD's talent, like a DeMarcus Cousins, you try it. But I get your point. If yeah. you're going to do that, you need to, you need to lock up DeMarcus Cousins now um, and then trade AD. Right. Yes, exactly. But I do I – do, I, I do – I don't know if I, – I couldn't say I agree with you um, because I do think – Anthony Davis is just that good. Like I think, and you don't, and you don't have to worry about the the um, immaturity aspect of him that you do kind of have to with mm-hmm. Demarcus. But all that being sure. said, if you're if you're if you're boiling boiling it down to simply talent, it's a coin flip, um, and at least you know Demarcus Cousins is going to play ninety percent of the games every year. Um, you don't mm-hmm. know that with Anthony Davis, so um, so that's fair. Um, speaking of uh, teams who have players that are injured all the time, and Anthony Davis, my mock trade. <laughs> um, I I love this. Uh, I love it even more than my uh, my speculation on where uh, Cousins should go. Um, I I think uh, I think this works pretty much best. If, if you just if you've already traded cousins and, you, and you're just rebuilding, um, but essentially, what I would try to do is say call up Philadelphia, and you, this would have to be because you re-signed Drew Holiday. This would have to be in in about a month, um, but that's about when you would probably be looking to, to find, make the final uh, final yeah. decision on cousins anyway. Um, but if you do trade Cousins and, you know, you're dealing with Anthony Davis not being happy or what have you, um, then uh, I would call it Philly and say, look, I'll give you Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis in exchange for J.J. Redick, uh, Amir Johnson, Markel Fultz, um, Dario Saric, and I want a first-round pick. Um, and you know what? I want I want two second round picks because you've got like seventy of them. Um, now I'm not expecting to get all of that in return, uh, but I do think you could get essentially. Let's put it this way: JJ Redick and um, and Amir Johnson are just in there to make the money work. You're really trying to get Markel Fultz, Dario Saric, and a solid first round pick. Probably I want that Lakers pick. Um, that 2018 Lakers first round, it'd probably be a top ten pick. Um, to me, that is the kind of return that I want on trading Anthony Davis, and especially 
the thing is with Drew Holiday, it's more of just a throw-in because he would work so well on that Philadelphia team. And if you're rebuilding, you don't really want a guy who you're paying $25 million a year. Um, like, he's obviously being overpaid. Like we all know that. Um, but I think if you're Philly, it kind of works because he fits your team perfectly, and you're obviously underpaying Anthony Davis. You're underpaying Ben Simmons, and you're underpaying Robert Covington. So it doesn't really hurt you to overpay one guy when you're already underpaying. Um, and if you had Simmons, Holiday, Robert Covington, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid, uh, now – Again, now you're really risking the injury thing because now you've got several guys who you're banking on to stay healthy. But, like, man, I trust the process, man. I feel like if they're going to stay healthy anywhere, like, there's, like, this this glow of energy over this team now. Um, What do you think about the trade? Do you like it for, for either side or both sides or what? Well, if you are the Pelicans, you definitely don't want to get the raw deal of that, um, especially if you lose AD and Marcus. But if you're Philly, and I'm not going to well, no, be – Well, no, but here's uh, the thing. Well, just real quick, here's the thing. Like, if you if you make that those two separate deals, if you're if you're New Orleans, you you get Markel Fultz, who could still be great. He could still be phenomenal. We've seen him play four games and then he got hurt, so we don't know. Um, but, I mean, as highly touted as he was, I mean, he was the clear number one overall pick. There hasn't been a lot of busts uh, at number one that were, you know, not big men who just got hurt and never played again. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a few, but not very many. Um, Anthony Bennett comes to mind. Uh, but um, <laughs> but nevertheless, you got you got Marco Fultz, uh, you got Josh Jackson, and you got Dario Saric. So you got those three guys that don't around. Plus you got you, you got all your own picks, and you got or all all your own first rounders, and you get LA's uh, pick. So like I feel like you could. That's a that's a much better start than a lot of these real rebuilding teams have. I'd rather have that if I'm Atlanta than what I got what I got in Atlanta. I can tell you that much. <laughs> So, um, but nevertheless, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you were saying as far as uh, for for Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be the typical guy that's going to go. Well, now you got two guys who can't say no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look. I'm going to look at the positive light of that. Uh, Embiid and Anthony Davis. Oh my goodness. I don't. I'll go ahead and say this now. If that ever happened, there's never been a tag team more dominant than that. Like ever, ever. That, there's no one you could that you could bring to me that could be a walking thirty and ten from two giants like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. There's no one like maybe if you had Shaq had a twin brother. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only thing I could think of. Or Shaq team with Olajuwon. That would be the that'd be the closest thing to something of that magnitude. Um, but you have a very selfless guy in AD and a very selfless guy yeah. seems like. And I would almost um, say like definitely... Duncan and Olajuwon. Like I feel like I because I feel like Duncan and and Robinson is the closest thing, but they weren't the reason... like Duncan was coming up when Robinson was going out. They didn't really have too much overlap in prime, you know. 
Well, the only reason why I said you could never name a duo uh, like that is because they're dominant offensively and they're yeah. dominant defensively. Tim Duncan right. was phenomenal, phenomenal guy. But he wasn't someone that you ever had to worry about getting 30 and 10 every night right. away. He just, he just never was that guy. Uh, Olajuwon, to a degree, was never really that guy. He would get you, uh, what, like, 20-something? No, you, but you're it, showing your age, man. Right. Olajuwon was definitely that guy. A 30 and 10? A walking 30 and 10? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Then I'll give, I'll give that to you. All right. Um, but I can't think of anyone outside of Shaq that you could have paired with Olajuwon that would have been a walking 30 and 10. I mean, hell, right, Shaq yeah. averaged 30 and 10 in the playoff series. Um, yeah, see, I yeah, would almost so, say it would be like it would be like teaming up Cole Malone and Akeem Olajuwon back in the 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 nineties, big back in the early and mid nineties. Like that's yeah, essentially what yeah. it would be like. Like cause you yeah. would you would be putting the best power forward with the best center. Um, because keep in mind, that was before Shaq had had kind of ripped. Like he was up and coming, but I mean Olajuwon right. did whoop him silly. In the in the oh, finals man, back in '95, so, that was yeah. that was brutal. So, um, yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I mean that's what he, it would be like. And then you've got yeah. you, then you've got Ben Simmons, who is like you know the next Magic Johnson almost. Um, and yeah. then you you then you've got Drew Holiday and Robert Covington, like two perfect players for that system. Um, people who play defense, who can hit knockdown threes. Um, and Holiday prefers to play off ball most of the time. Like he can handle the ball, but he he plays a little bit better when he's when he's playing off ball. It kind of reminds me of um, like a more offensively adept Patrick Beverly. Um, so uh, I, that team would be phenomenal. And the thing is, like it would suck to give up. You know, if you had to give up, you know, your number, the guy you just traded up for to get, you know, for the number one pick plus Sarich, plus a lottery pick. But if you're – and, like, that's why I'm saying if I'm New Orleans, I'm like, yeah, throw in a couple second-rounders for me. I want that Brooklyn second-rounder, and, you know, I think you got another Knicks second-rounder. Like, give me those. Like, I want those too. And and it's it still – if I'm Philly, I'm like, I <laughs> – like, yeah, I'll do yeah. it. Because <laughs> yeah. you just don't pass up on that kind of opportunity. So – I just think, no. put it this way, all I'm saying is I've seen I've seen the Boston trade thrown out so many times now. Philly can give them so much more than Boston can, honestly. Like, well, and I still be better. Heard, I and heard still, Cleveland today. No chance. For Anthony Davis? No. Shumper mm-hmm. I mean, in that draft pick. Well, you, you wouldn't even have to include Shumper. Uh, the, the money would no, actually add up. They, they would. They, well, they you would, but you wouldn't want Shumpert. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want no, Shumpert. I ain't taking Shumpert. If you're Pelicans, um, if you're Pelicans, you don't want him. But if you're well, that's Cleveland, what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're Cleveland, yeah, but the money, another team out the, there, I would take Shumpert. So whoever whoever proposed that, like, there there either had to be something else to it, or like maybe if Ashik was in there, and that's that was the trade off. You get to get rid of Ashik, but you take back Shumpert. But like. They they don't need a they don't need a shooting guard anyway and like see I would say if if I'm trading with Cleveland I would probably want Love Jay Crowder the first round 
the Brooklyn first round pick and Channing Fry, and I'll give you uh, Anthony Davis and Omer Ashik. Like that, I might do maybe, um, but still, it doesn't even come close to that Philadelphia trade. No, like, it, I agree. So. I don't know. I think that would be awesome. I would love it. Well, and y'all, I mean, you and Joel both know. Y'all, y'all know my secret. I'm a, I'm a secret Philadelphia 76ers fan um, because of yeah, Allen Iverson. So, yes. Um, and then, mm-hmm. I, like my, and then my third favorite team, you know, has to be Indiana at least just this year. Um, so, so like, I want to see both those teams do well. So, I, I'm trying to work out as many schemes as I can for those teams. <laughs> but um, yeah, we say as Nick as Nick fans, we're, we don't really appreciate either one of those trades that you're trying <laughs> that you're trying to uh, make happen, and we don't appreciate you trying to uh, wish for success for the Pacers either. So either way you go, we're we're not appreciating any of these. Hey man, I'm I got to keep rolling with those Pacers. Nobody thought they were going to be any good except for me. So. That's that's my badge of honor, man. I'm wearing it the whole damn hey, year. I don't blame you. Unless I don't blame unless you. they start unless they start sucking, and then I'm gonna be like, I don't know what no, the fuck y'all talking no, about. <laughs> no, you gotta wear that all year, man. All year. Yeah. High absolutely. Jam-o. Absolutely. Um, another great show, man. Uh, real quickly, uh, do you have a, a team on the rise and a team on the fall? Um. My team on the fall would be Philly, and yeah. my team on the rise would definitely be the Pacers. Uh, they did take a little bit of a dip, uh, but, you know, that last game against the Celtics was kind of like a backbreaker. Um, but that yeah. team definitely does have a formula of success that they can kind of build off of uh, and move past that loss and, and definitely find a way into the playoffs, especially with Charlotte looking like uh, all kinds of uh, a mess and Philly taking that, that huge eight eight or nine-game losing streak. So I could definitely see uh, the, the the Pacers filling in in that in that playoff spot with those teams on the, uh, on the decline, it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my team on the rise is Chicago. They're undefeated since Miritich came back, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, it, 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 I read a stat the other day. His, his player efficiency rating – um, is like seventh in the NBA. Like the people, I can't remember who he's behind, but like think of the six best players in the NBA, and then picture Miritich as the seventh. Like that's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, that is insane. But yeah, definitely Chicago. They won seven straight. Um, I I kind of wonder, like, could they be the Miami of this year? Like, could they have just gotten off to a ter- terrible start because of injury and everything else? Man, it's the East. If they can tie together some wins, they're going to get Zach Levine coming back shortly. Um, if Chris Dunn can up his play and everything, like, then maybe. I mean, they they might be able to, to figure that out. Um, I mean, we'll see. Uh, as far as my, my team, uh, my falling team, um, I honestly think Philadelphia is probably the perfect pick because they just don't seem like they're gelling right now. Um, so, I mean, I'll probably just go with that too. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to say Detroit, 
um, because Detroit started the season off so well and has and has kind of struggled. So like, I'll throw them out as an honorable mention. Um, I don't know. I have a little more faith in Detroit to to right the ship than I do Philly. Um, unless they can trade for Anthony Davis, which I should definitely do. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, it's been a good show, man. Uh, as always, I have a great time, uh, with this podcast and we had another fabulous show, uh, able to talk a lot of basketball, super fun. Um, man, I always, it's so funny. I always, like, we always end this in these shows cause we're always rushed for time. We always end these shows like very last minute, so I've got like 30 seconds to say something, and I'm just like, blah, 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 bye. <laughs> We've got like two extra minutes, and I don't even like I don't even remember how to close out a show for real anymore. Like, <laughs> sorry, like that's just the way that's just how I roll. You think I listen to enough podcasts that I'd be able to figure it out? But yeah. Hey, man, oh, well. do, do, doing it yourself is definitely a lot harder. Uh, I totally understand you. Uh, I will say this, though, before we close. Shout out to the Miami Heat for beating the Celtics. And uh, Kelly Ooh. Olenek had 32 points tonight. So that was definitely Damn. Kyrie, yeah, Kyrie missed the game. Kelly Olenek, Kelly Olenek couldn't have 32 points like Monday when, you know, my Hawks beat him. <laughs> Pissed me off, dude. I was like, what are you doing, Hawks? Now you're only half a game ahead of Dallas. Or, I'm sorry, half a game behind Dallas. So, like, or to me it's ahead because I want that fucking draft pick. I want want that number one pick, man. They're going to be so pissed if we, like, end up, like, you know, losing out on that draft pick to Dallas. Like, Dallas pisses me off. There's no reason Dallas should be this bad. But anyway, no um, great head coach, no. and really good players, no reason. Man, I feel like their coach is such a—he's sabotaging, man. Why there ain't no reason not to play Nerlens Noel? Like he does, he I never agree. plays him. He never ever nope. plays him, and like it's a it's a shame. Uh, but anyway, another fun show. Thank you guys out there for uh, for listening, and we will see you same time, same channel next week. Wednesday at nine o'clock. Uh, I believe we are off for uh, until the new year for our uh, flagship show, Geek Vibes Live. But be sure to join us uh, in the new year, uh, Saturday nights, eight o'clock, and we'll be breaking down all of the information that we missed over the holiday break, as well as everything that you need to know in the upcoming year. Uh, thank you so much, guys, and until next time. Uh, take it easy. Absolutely. And we'll really be back next I, week. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I really do need like a catchphrase, like a sign-off catchphrase. Like same yeah. fat time, same fat channel. Like that's a great catchphrase, Kevin Smith. All I out. had was bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. <laughs> that was all I had. So, yeah, <laughs> we definitely got to work on that. <laughs> hey, man, win in Rome. You know, whatever. Exactly. Peace, y'all.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.